Welcome to the Living Force Podcast, a Utini production. Bonus episode interview with Claudia Gray. On this special episode, the Utini team talks with Claudia Gray, author of Star Wars Lost Stars, Bloodline, and Master and Apprentice. And now, here are your hosts Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. All right, welcome everyone to a special episode of The Living Force. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joined tonight with me. That's the wrong order of those words, but I'm rolling with it. We have a full house tonight. We have Dr. Corey Helton. Hello. Hello, hello. Always a pleasure. We have Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Hello there. What's going on? Uh, not, not much. Actually, kidding. Just a lot. Also, Wes Jenkins is here behind the scenes. Hey, man. Howdy, howdy. How's everyone going? Oh, I am doing particularly great because the final member of our band tonight is the author of so many amazing books that have gotten, I would say, most of us into the Star Wars Expanded Universe, including Lost Stars, Master and Apprentice, Bloodline, and of course, the newly released today as of release, I believe, The High Republic Into the Dark, Claudia Gray. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Oh, it is... To say that this interview, I think, has been building since we started Utini might be a correct statement. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, 100%. absolutely. And yeah, no pressure, no pressure to be. No, yeah. oh, no, no. <laughs> we have uh, we we consider it one of our uh, greatest honors to introduce lots of people to Star Wars books, and particularly Lost Stars is the universal recommended. Um, book that we tell people to start reading Star Wars books with, and every single person that we've ever had read that book always says it's the best Star Wars book. It is incredible. They absolutely love it. Who is this Claudia Gray person? Their writing <laughs> is incredible. So it, it does feel like uh, it does feel like a bit of a huge honor to to get you on the show. So we really appreciate you coming on. I'm just thrilled you guys enjoyed the book that much. I, yeah. I had some momentary terror when it first came out. Like, oh wait. Other people are going to get to read this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so, that book in particular is so funny because it's it's launched like I feel like everybody since it came out has really had to do sort of uh sort of makeup of like because it was it was pretty early in the cycle of publishing for for Lucasfilm and it was like mm-hmm. it, it kind of slipped under the radar I think for a lot of people and it it's but everyone universally understands in our community now that it's just kind of one of the best go to books so we love recommending it. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I think Force Friday, that first Force Friday, there were so many things out there. There were all the things, books and toys and other stuff. It was it was kind of easy to get lost a little bit in that. But uh, the fans found the book and that's the only thing that matters. Oh, man, they they absolutely did. And let's uh, well, we're going to take it back a little bit um, and then and then we're going to build more momentum into that first Force Friday, which was so impactful for not only our community, but all of Star Wars. Uh, let's go all the way back uh, to the beginning. Uh, how did Star Wars, for you, first come into your life? Well, um, you know, I'm going to date myself here by saying I turned seven the summer that Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. So I nice. saw it when I was either six or seven, which is a really great age. <laughs> yeah. I always say to, like, have your relationship to reality just severed. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Gone, gone, no more. Uh, And so I was part of that first wave of kids that had the action figures and, you know, the Princess Leia doll and all of these things. I mean, that was really so much of my childhood was was loving those movies and having those toys and 
anticipating what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I definitely remember when, you know, Luke, I'm your father was like a, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That was a shocker. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, but. Wow, yeah. yeah, that that's amazing to have like that firsthand experience because all of us, I think, are always trying to we're we're racing that high of the first like the perfect age in the theater, no spoiler. Because I think now to get to a theater for anything Star Wars without spoiling anything is nearly impossible. Yeah, and there's just so much more coverage of everything yeah. mm-hmm. because of you know apps and the internet and just there are 90 billion publications covering everything, and mm-hmm. so you get all this information, even if it's not spoilers, you still get tons and tons and tons of information about things that are coming out. And, you know, back in the day, uh, (laughs) uh, literally you were just there. Like, I have no idea what's about to happen. Just, you just didn't know. And, and I wouldn't have it any other way for those first three movies. It was amazing. Love it. Yeah. I love talking to folks that, that, had the pleasure of seeing those films originally because it, it does seem like it shaped cinema, it shaped people's childhoods, and like mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a different era. All of us had such different like we were all prequel kids here, right? And yeah. it was that was mm-hmm. such a different time to be a Star Wars fan. Like Charles talked about having his uh his Jar Jar Binks beach towel. I remember that story. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, wow. Eric, that's Eric. He's got the towel. Oh, I Eric can't is claim the towel. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh, it's still wow. it's still in a closet somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks towel. Wow, yeah. I gotta wrap my head around that. Wrap my head. Oh, um, <laughs> it, it was great. It was a towel. It was a cape, and then it was hidden for years when I went to college. And now I'm proud of it once more. Yeah. It's, it's a circle of life. <laughs> now it's framed. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Somewhere in his apartment. That's right. Right. Yeah. Tell us. Um, you were very early exposed to the to the films. What about sort of the the more literature side of things? Did you did you always want to be a writer? What was your first sort of experience with like books, comics, and stuff in Star Wars? I mean, I always wanted to be a writer. I was always interested in telling stories. It unfortunately took me well into adulthood to go like, what if you actually tried that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know why. In retrospect, it, I can say like. And I'm sure you're familiar with this when you say, like, it would be fun to be a writer when you're a kid. People don't go, that is a great career choice. Uh-huh. And you'll be totally yeah. financially yeah. secure. <laughs> and you will not be living with your parents when you're 46. Uh, <laughs> how, you know, you don't hear that. I was, uh, I think I was always very play it safe. And so I had to try and fail at many other things. Before. Sure. Wait a minute. This this is what I want to do. Um, you know, I began reading Star Wars literature when it came out i mean those novelizations especially the empire strikes back one with donald f Lutz. yeah you know, like i read that thing until it was you know just like that soft soft paperback right before it's about to fall oh, apart yeah. oh, That's um, awesome. yes and i'm blanking out on who wrote the return of the jedi novelization at this moment but yeah it was uh, somebody different i can't remember the name either but it was somebody yeah. different but it was um for some reason the copy that i got had several blank pages in the back mm. it was just a paperback like i i don't know why that was the case but mm. for years afterward you know the when it would come on television there used to be something called the tv guide it was a oh, magazine yeah. oh, that was yeah. a thing that yes. used to exist <laughs> anyway, anytime star wars a star wars movie would come on they would run all these ads for it in the tv guide and so i would cut these pictures out of that or out of 
you know, magazines and tape them back there and write my own captions. That is fantastic. Oh, oh, that's amazing. So much to have that copy. It's probably still around my parents' house somewhere, but uh, that was my first Star Wars writing. <laughs> wow. wow. My own little photo gallery. So uh, I have, yeah. to, I have um, to ask then when you first started writing, did you, did you like want was Star Wars in your mind at all? Was that ever like a dream or was it something you even considered like writing not, for Star Wars? Not at all, which is weird, honestly, hmm. because, you know, I wrote fan fiction for tons of years. Again, Star Wars, for some reason, wasn't my thing there. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, and so I'm a huge fan girl and I get that. And then I began writing and I knew that an editor I knew uh, with whom I had shared Star Wars fandom was working for star wars but at the same time they've never done a young adult novel before sure right, right. Uh, then again like right. yeah that category hadn't really been defined mm-hmm. much before that honestly like it really only cropped up sort of you know in like 2005 or so sure so it was still it's still relatively new mm. and honestly you know if it had been identified earlier one thing that happened before Lost Stars came out, you know, I, there was a little flack online with people going, you know, we don't need young adult in Star Wars. And it was like, huh, can't imagine all of the movies <laughs> are about teenagers leaving yeah. home <laughs> to strike out on their yeah, own man. for the first time. Yeah. It, it's always been young adult. It always yeah. has been. Uh, right, right. But uh, it just never occurred to me that they would do that. So when the email came, it really just came right out of the blue. I really mm. have not thought about it at all. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm like still a little bit shook by those empty pages. It's almost like that was your <laughs> invitation to continue the story yourself, like to fill in these pages. And now you've come around and been able to do that. That is amazing. Yeah. You yeah. you mentioned, you know, that first email coming in. So it sounds like it was an email, but tell us about the first time someone reached out to you and was like, Hey, one, you're writing Star Wars, and two, we want you to actually do a project that's going to help launch The Force Awakens and this entire new sequel trilogy. Yeah, it, this email arrived, and um, I remember I was pumping gas and checking the phone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I discovered this. And it was, you know, we're looking at doing a young adult one. They didn't really talk so much about the tie-in to the force awakens uh at that point i mean obviously Mm -hmm. it was connected to that but uh but it was just listen we had an idea we wanted to talk to we you we know that you love star wars etc and um and i was flipping out i was so excited uh the one element you know they said it would be due by whatever day and i was like oh they typed the year wrong (laughs) because <laughs> it was so short I was like oh they had to type that look at that mistake like it didn't even occur to me they could be serious but they were um, oh yeah but um, but that was that was actually another reason they came to me I, I can write quickly so I guess I'm glad for that in the end but uh, I was hugely excited at the time I thought they would say okay here's this outline and you're going to do exactly this mm-hmm. and I was willing to do it you know sure I was excited. I was like, Star Wars, okay. And instead, they really had about a three-line prompt, which was you have childhood friends who share this bond, but they wind up on opposite sides of the war. And you have this angry, sort of stormy guy who winds up with the Empire and this idealistic young girl that winds up with the Rebels. And I was like, well, what if the idealistic girl (laughs) goes to the Empire and it's the angry guy who's with the Rebellion? And they were like, okay. And everything after that, uh, I got to come up with. And I wrote an outline 
and submitted that. And once they liked that, I had the gig. That's wow. incredible. It, what a fantastic prompt, too, man, for a young adult novel. That's yeah. like, hmm, yeah. Star Wars and everything you need right there. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm trying to now think, like, if Thane and Sienna switch, and then my brain can't do it. Like, they're, they're so entrenched. <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. what an ultimate yeah, reality. He, but it kind of, I just felt like it made made it more interesting to ask mm-hmm. what a fundamentally sort of good and optimistic person would do finding herself in the Imperial Starfleet. And yeah. also, it's always the person who's kind of angry and sees the flaws who's going to turn against the system. Mm. You know, that's... Yeah, totally. I don't know. Anyway, it worked out, so I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's very safe to say it worked out. Um, as we said earlier, uh, Lost Stars is continuously our number one most recommended book at Utini for both new readers and, oh my God, you haven't read this yet, uh, followed legitimately uh, only by Master and Apprentice. And I, I think that you, you tend to write books that have these characters that are so easy to latch on to, um, regardless of maybe their circumstances. Like the, the plot is amazing, but the characters just are somewhat addictive. Do you, do you intentionally set out to write books that are, are so, I guess, character-heavy, for lack of a better phrase, or is that just kind of your natural style? That's my natural style. Because, um, mm. I mean, I love the Star Wars universe. I love it. But for me, the whole thing is, what would it be like if I were there? You yeah. Know? How would I feel about it? What would I think? You know, that's, mm. That is what excites me about it. So mm-hmm. I don't want to sort of look at it from the outside. Um, I, I want to dig in and really ask, what would you think? What would your mm-hmm. assumptions be? And it was so fun when I was first getting started, uh, particularly with Lost Stars, because it was sort of the first time I was getting to do this. And I remember at one point I said that Thane's family had a hanger. And it sort of came back. It was like, hanger? Hangers are things that have licenses and regulations or whatever. <laughs> I was like, not in Star Wars. Everybody almost <laughs> flies. Right. Like, hangers off a garage. You know, that that's mm-hmm. it. Or... Or I was especially happy. I was trying to come up with the name of the ship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why is Millennium Falcon so cool? It's cool. Why? We don't know. It just is. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. And then I was like, wait a minute. Don't ask what's cool to you. The captain's a Wookiee. What's cool to Wookiees? Right. It's trees. So it's the yeah. Mighty Oak Apocalypse. <laughs> because to her, that's the most badass name. That's sick. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I. Oh, my God. That makes complete sense. I, I love it. And it's. And it's a cool way because I, I love talking to to so many writers about Star Wars because it seems like all of you think about Star Wars just a bit differently, like like very Avar Chris Forcey, right? Like with Charles, yeah. writing, like everyone sees the Force differently. Everyone kind of writes yeah. character differently, which is which I love. And, and of course, speaking of that, now we will we will let yes. the, the the cat out of the bag after <laughs> after years of secrecy. The High Republic yeah. it, it's launched. It is here. The reception has been incredible across the board. So it, it has exceeded our expectations, I have to say. Yeah, let's hmm. let's just make that blanket question. How, what's your reaction, Ben, to this? Because I know you're 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 a month in technically with your own project, but obviously, like, Kevin has told us like you're all in Slack all the time together. You're obviously oh, yeah. keyed into everything. How has it been for you this first month? Uh you know, it's been incredible. All of it has come through the filter on being from being on deadline with another book <laughs> during which time you cannot experience true joy. Yeah, you, can't, you can't enjoy anything. This is 2020 yeah. and 2021. There's no yeah. joy left. So you know, it's there and I'm so grateful for it because of course it gives me this big 
uh, rush to see how much people are loving it. Mm-hmm. And like they've said, we are all in the slack and it's as important to me that people like Charles's stuff and Justina's stuff and Cav's stuff mm-hmm. as it is that they do mine. So yeah. seeing them get all this love and, and all this fan appreciation has really, really been a bright spot in a whole lot of rewriting, let me tell you. Yeah, I oh, can imagine. A book that is not Star Wars, I just want to say that up yeah. front. So. Yeah, it's got to be like you're, you're, you're at a party, but you're, you're still working. You hear the party outside, you're like, I bet that's great. I bet that's a lot of fun. I just got to be in the study for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get to go to the party very soon. And in fact, I I expect to turn the book in. uh, We're taping this a little bit before release day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I expect to turn it in two days before release day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what a week. Oh, my God. That'll be. It's going to be a big week. It's going to be an awesome week. I'm excited about (laughs) it. Fantastic. Yeah. We're excited for you. And, you know, you mentioned kind of what it's like seeing Justina and, and Kevin and some of the other authors involved, you know, get mm-hmm. to fully experience this with their products released. And we mentioned that we recently talked to Kevin and we talked to him a lot about how collaborative this process was for mm-hmm. Project Luminous and the High Republic. And it seems like this more so than really anything before has yeah. been a true team effort. So for you personally, how was this process different working with so many different people? Uh, it's it's really interesting. I mean, very, very grateful for this group of writers, not only for the experience of the High Republic. I mean, in some ways, we're just at this point, like professional counselors and allies, too, uh, in terms of the other decisions we're making and other things that we're looking at uh, doing. Uh, it's really, really valuable to have that to have that perspective. And it's great when we're able to bounce ideas off each other because a lot of ideas do get so much richer for that. Mm -hmm. And the characters I think are richer from having us, like you said, we all have slightly different perspectives and have slightly different ways of tackling things. And I think that's richer for the universe that we're going to present Mm -hmm. uh, that it is going to have sort of different flavors and modes and viewpoints. And, um, and when we have things, a lot of times it'll be like, oh, I was going to send the ship here. And they're like, wait, I was going to send that ship there or, or uh, yeah. whatever. Um, you know, the, you have these moments inevitably. There's no way not to. Right. Uh, I think uh, it was Justina who described it in one interview. She's like, it's like you're working in a kitchen and somebody's making duck l'orange and somebody else is making hot fudge cake. <laughs> and you're all got the same ingredients and you're trying to reach past each other. And also the kitchen's on fire. i can hear her voice as you say that too but in the end somebody comes out with the duck l'orange and it's great and somebody comes out with hot fudge cake and it's great and um and also uh we try to get together and turn those conflicts into opportunities and Mm -hmm. it's amazing how often you could say well you know these two things can be true if x happens and then X is super interesting and That's puts a new awesome. spin on everything. Uh, uh, Cab is known for saying, just like we planned it. So hopefully the goal, <laughs> hopefully the goal will be that you want to know which things we actually planned and which things we worked out. So it's like, hey, it's like we planned it. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how often that's some of the best stuff, really. Yeah. I, I, I blame it on the accent. It's just trustworthy in a way. You know, you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I, I, I have to ask, do you re, do you read his Slack messages in an accent? 
I I hear them in his voice, kind of. Yes. Um, <laughs> we we yeah. have a uh, we have we have a couple of folks on the team that are in the UK, and I read all of their messages in my head happen in the accent. I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> but it somehow does. Yeah. Oh, every man. once in a while, he'll use a Britishism that we're like, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, mostly we speak cabin by now. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. good. It's my next yeah. Duolingo course. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, due to lockdown, I think I'm in like day 260 of Italian. We're oh my God. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. You have all this time clearly with all these books and everything. <laughs> well, awesome. I just do two minutes a day, but anyway. absolutely. <laughs> I have to ask you are, you're one of the, you know, of all your colleagues, you're kind of unique in that you've had the opportunity to write in lots of different eras. You've written in the prequel era, the OT era and the sequel era. What, what is, what is it like? given those experiences to write in this completely new era of the high Republic. Uh, it's, it's both liberating and a lot more work at the same time. <laughs> you know, uh, on the one hand, you're not confined by other canon. We're all creating it ourselves. Right. But also we have to create it all ourselves. Right. And, you know, one of the joys of writing in the star Wars universe, I always used to say was, you know, I don't have to think like, Oh, what would this ship be? I just mm. send a note. I'm like, what would a ship be? And then it comes back like, here's a blueprints by Pablo Hidalgo. And you can <laughs> all of it is and exactly how it works and what's going on. Or I could say like, I need an alien race that has four arms. And they're like, here you go. There, <laughs> there it is. Uh, whereas in this case, we have to sit down and go, okay, what will the ships be? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but now we've got it in place and now mm-hmm. it's working. And we've actually talked about how great it's going to be because so much of the stuff we keep straight or not within our own heads, we're like, now the fans will start to build wikis. That's fantastic. Nobody can remember all of it all the time. I mean, right. it, especially when you don't remember just the final version. You remember the first idea, the second idea, right. the right. thing sure, that sure. everybody vetoed, and then the way that changed. And then sometimes you're like, wait, which one did we wind up with? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be great. Like, so Wikipedia, we're looking to you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's certainly been super interesting seeing that seeing these projects kind of happen alongside visual projects like comics and stuff yeah, like th- that's yeah. sort of that's sort of unique and like particularly because it's all a new era because we're like imagining these things in our head and then we have a comic that shows the starlight beacon yeah. right so it's been really cool to see what that stuff looks like yeah it's it it's so great to have that comic art and also just the art that we got um from you know, these incredible people at Lucasfilm, even when we were still generating the first ideas, you know, months and months ago, they'd be like, Mm -hmm. well, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, um, sometimes be like, well, that's not the right alien, but it's a great alien. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. It's really, really wonderful to have people at that caliber of talent helping provide inspiration and and visual stuff to go along with it sure yeah i mean and it's you know we're we're definitely all all hoping and praying for uh, the art of the high republic book from abrams or something coming out <laughs> someday um but i but yeah that's it's a great point because we've never had a release like this uh well well period i think is safe to say mm. but also the releases we've had to have so much concept art to come out like i knew i i loved loading great storm the day i saw his concept picture and it was mm-hmm. so great to be able to read that book, um, and then of course to read to read your book with with Reith's picture um, in in different outfits and different forms because of all that. 
But yeah, although the wreath on the cover, I'm kind of like, who, who's that it's, dude? It's a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> dot. In my head, it's Tom Holland. <laughs> that is okay. fantastic. Oh my, I need to. So I, I have, I have already read Into the Dark for the review. I. I'm gonna reread the entire thing now because that uh, that I image just, now is I so perfect. I watched that hit Eric in his eyes. Like, I, I saw <laughs> that. I saw that hit him like all at one time. Oh, I'm a, you, I'm a sucker for fan cast. Like I I think yeah. it was Claudia. I think it was you for Master and Apprentice. Didn't you put out Tumblr posts of fan cast for some oh, of yeah, the original yeah. characters? Yeah, and I'll do it. I'll do it for Into the Dark too, and I have it on a Pinterest board usually. Fantastic! It's my favorite thing. Yeah, I I I always fan cast. Uh, It's that's half the fun. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. So so speaking of all these original characters, like you you have created a number of incredible original people from Thane, Sienna, Ransom Costurfo, Rail Avaros, who we mentioned on the show an odd amount of times, Um, (laughs) and now more with with Wreath and Leox, Orla Geode. So many awesome Into the Dark characters. Do you find that you tend to enjoy writing original characters more than pre-existing, or do they both kind of occupy different spaces? Uh, It's different spaces, because on the one hand, obviously with your own people, you're free to go where you want to go. You set up who they are, what they sound like. You get to develop all of that. Um, But when you have the original people, one, you already have all this great background, and you can, you know, if it's in film or TV, you can actually listen to the voice, which really helps with writing dialogue. So sure, yeah. um, there, there are benefits to doing it each way, but I, I really do enjoy working with original characters and known universes. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It, it is really great. And I think that like, it's always fun to hear how like the audiobook narrators will, will give voice to your characters, um, which is why yeah. honestly rail is such a big hit. With us, because yeah. it's a very distinct audio performance. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, it is. Which, which is really, it. Like, he sounds very Southern, and I didn't know until I heard him that I'm <laughs> hearing in my head is Australian. Okay. I was like, whoa. Oh. Southern works, too. Yeah, that's yeah not, it does. That's, not, that's not, too far, not too far away. We do have Australian country singers, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Although, although I do got to say, uh, on that note, too, from the first interview you gave about Leox being Matthew McConaughey to that portrait, like, it is the most helpful, accurate mental voice I've ever had <laughs> reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wound up with a little side of the dude from The Big Lebowski. But, yeah, literally, that was the thing I wanted to have have a captain of a ship who was uh, you know and a co-pilot or or navigator who was a little bit scoundrelly but i was like mm-hmm. but he can't be han solo mm-hmm. you know what is a really mm-hmm. distinctive thing for this and then just something room was like give matthew mcconaughey a spaceship and then like, oh <laughs> yes. yes yes this has uh, got to happen all right all right all right uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, if you didn't do it, I was going to, and you did it much better. So thank you. Uh, but you know, speaking of Into the Dark, it, you mentioned before that the the pitch for Lost Stars really came to you in an email while you were pumping gas. What about Into the Dark? Though, where did this pitch originate from? Is this something that you brought to the table and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about this," or what, what's the whole story there? Um, no, I mean. It was more, we knew that as we introduced this story, we were figuring out what was happening in the beginning of the story. We knew like, okay, we're going to want an adult book, a comic, a young adult book. And so it was sort of figuring out which characters in this um, 
you know, in this group that we're putting together, who needs to be where, what do we need to see? Mm -hmm. Uh, What are different events and areas and planets and et cetera that everybody can touch on. So it was more sort of, we all built up this beginning and then began sort of pulling out what each of us was going to need to tell our parts of the story. So, um, does that answer the question? That seems like the, the origin of it to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you, the whole thing, I think everything we've heard and seen in like the Disney plus, you know, spot that they put out and everything about the high Republic is it, it really does sound like they assembled a team, but then the, the stories and the characters, everything was very organic. I mean, it just kind mm-hmm. of presented so. itself from the from the brain trust, if you will, of, of Project Luminous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to list that in the Slack channel so we can all laugh very hard. Perfect. Yeah. Well, of course, speaking of, of, of high ideas and things like that, uh, it seems like a lot of... More, a lot more scholarly ideas come through Wreath uh, as opposed to a lot of other Star Wars protagonists. And I want to ask you a little bit about the origin of that because I know you, you all obviously made these, these stories and characters together. But was it important for you to have a, a Jedi that was way more about you know, the research and the books? He always talks about loving spending time in the archives than to have mm-hmm. your, your saber slashing um, kind of more aggro person who's a little more like other characters in the book. Yeah, I mean... The thing that gets me is you take these children when they're babies, they come to the to the Jedi temples as babies or to- very young toddlers. And you just you don't have the fullest sense of somebody's personality at that point. And, you know, is going around being a huge swashbuckling hero something you actually want to do? And like, I love reading this. I love watching it. I admire the Jedi Knights. I think that's amazing. And when I try to imagine myself doing any of that, it's like, no, <laughs> no, not do quite. not want, do not want, no. you know, um, yeah, Reith's thing about the bugs that he says in the beginning of the book, I may or may not have, have said similar things. <laughs> um, you know, and it just stands to reason that you would have people that come up that have a really different temperament and set of talents, and those are still of use to the order. And the balance I was trying to strike with him is, you know, this is not a guy who wants to rush in with his lightsaber to, you know go to fight out every single situation that could come up doesn't mean he can't do it or that he won't do it when he's called on. He doesn't lack courage. He doesn't lack ability, but where he wants to be and what he wants to do is kind of the antithesis of what we usually see Jedi doing. But, um, but again, we know there are the archives and we know Jocasta knew, we know that these people are there. Uh, There's, there has to be room to show different kinds of knights within the order. Mm. Yeah, and that's and that's a that's a great point because I I realized that as I was I was reading it that whenever we see these more more bookish characters, it's always because they can't do the physical things. And then, like mm-hmm. you just mentioned, Jacosta knew Charles gave her a lightsaber gun in the comics, so like she, they, yeah. they they can they can take care of business when they need to. And oh I really yeah, like that, totally. that part of Wreath as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I loved that with Jacosta knew and. Uh, I like the idea that you would have these capacities and um, I, and mm-hmm. he's just interesting to me. I, I hope other people will agree. It's, oh, yeah, it's always a little bit of a risk going, hey, you want a bookworm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll right. see. We'll see. Yeah. Here's a, here's a story about a whole bunch of knights with the round table. What about a nerd? Let's put a nerd in this one. <laughs> yeah. I but it. I may relate to that nerd. And Absolutely. I feel, like, I feel like in the swads of fandom, I'm not alone. Yes. Yeah. Like- we, we, we say all the time that the, the more types in the way people look and act, the more types of people we have in books, like the more people can feel like, hey, I can be in Star Wars. So like that's... Yeah. Like we're all about that representation, mm-hmm. like in all sorts of forms. So like, yeah, it's, it's really it's it's good to see nerds in 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 the Jedi. Of course, they were <laughs> nerds. Like they have like the most uh, comprehensive archives in the galaxy, right? There has to be there has to be and librarians. Honestly, like, if I had to say where that character began, I guess it was the idea of like the boy Hermione Granger because mm. oh yeah, Hermione yes. is exactly that character. She's always in the book. She always mm-hmm. cares about that whatever. But when everything goes down. You, you know, hair, she's there. Yeah, yeah. Hermione's there. She's she does a, not back down. She's a hero. Absolutely. Yeah, Tom yeah. Holland plays Hermione in Star Wars. Into the dark. <laughs> yes. Available now wherever yes. books are sold. Oh wow! Yeah, don't don't put that as the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. How many IPs can we interrupt with at one time? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, speaking a little bit of the collaborative nature of these of these projects, like I'm sure that. You in particular have faced challenges uh, because you've written all sorts of different types of stories. Like, were there any particular challenges or obstacles, I guess, that that you faced in particular with writing your story that was maybe different because it was this new era or this new project? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is where we get into the whole, like, am I giving too much away? But um, (laughs) originally, we sort of had one sequence of events, Mm -hmm. and there was a big event that originally was supposed to happen in my book that we decided and i agree it did need to come later mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it also like i had really designed a lot of the plot to center around that and it's like oh that thing isn't even happening now what wow. can happen yeah and mm-hmm. uh you know we ended up coming up with the right thing and i was able mm-hmm. to restructure it that way but it, it was a big moment of like oh no <laughs> Just, yeah. it, like this really i i really thought this was sort of the thing and it's not the thing uh is that big enough for you but yeah. <laughs> yeah um but again like that's that was to be expected with a lot of the very first books and comics because mm-hmm. you're still getting a sense of how to pace this and how yeah. all of us are yeah. working together with it so um I think it was pretty much inevitable. Wow. Yeah, I'm not totally. going to lie. When you say the first books and comics, I get that little tingle about like, this, <laughs> there's so much. In it. It, I, I think we're also wrapping our heads around um, from the outside, at least like how massive this thing really is. Yeah. Oh yeah. We are too. It's like, wait, how much are we writing? How much are we <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit with Kevin. Like when they announced what Project Luminous was, we're like, "This this is so vague, and it's it's hard to say what this is ever going to be." And then they announced yeah. the High Republic, and that was fantastic. We're we like, thought yes, it was a, a book. I, I, yes, I don't remember book. those yeah. days. Like, oh, it's probably one book <laughs> right. with a bunch of short stories, and that's it. Yeah, like the yeah some- that that was a really common theory. Uh, you know, and they kept putting off the announcement. Uh-huh. Yeah, when it was going to happen. And we're like, oh, come on. Uh, that was you know, more supporting somebody, evidence for the speculation I'm, of the George story thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not on Twitter any longer, but mm-hmm. somebody in the Slack, I forget who it was, showed a, a tweet where somebody said, I think Project Luminous is a bunch of tweets and announcements saying how much we're going to love Project Luminous. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounds accurate. That's it. I thought that was really funny because we're like, we get why you would think that yes. at this point. We do. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. 
Totally. Yeah, it, and and like then when they they finally did tell us that it was going to be a huge multi multi like multi year project, it's like holy smokes, this is way bigger than anybody expected. And honestly, the the delay. I mean, the books kept getting delayed too. Like the I think they changed at least once or maybe twice. Yes. Uh, where they they put everything off to till the new year. Maybe that yeah, worked it was in its COVID thing yes. because mm-hmm. there was right when a lot of stuff was supposed to go to press, mm-hmm. like you literally didn't have people who could go in yeah, right. factories mm-hmm. to do it. And sure. so, and then once you couldn't do that, they just went ahead and restructured the whole thing. But yeah, um, yeah I think into the dark originally would have come out last October. Which is, exactly. Wow. So it was yeah. like, like, so it, it gave, it gave them a lot of time to market. It seems like, and then like yeah. the launch of this thing just hit like a ton of bricks. You have multiple books, multiple comics. It's all happening so fast. And like, Maybe now looking back, maybe that was a good thing that it got delayed the way that it did because it, it certainly has made the impact, at least for us, I think a little harder, which has been awesome. Yeah, I, it, you know everything's gone so well. I have to assume, like, yeah, that must be the way it, it yeah. needed to happen. That <laughs> sure. must be it. Yep. Just also, like you I planned think, it. <laughs> yeah, and also I think they really originally the plan was really to have something that would happen at Celebration, sure, right? Sure. Last mm-hmm. year, and then of course there was to be no Celebration. Sure. So and you couldn't produce the book, so it was like, okay, let's let's leave it. Yeah, yeah, cool, it's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that's it's so interesting to hear all of that in hindsight now, because we were so, we were so in the dark before, and and now we're hey! going back into the dark. Ah! Uh, I did the thing. Um, so, <laughs> so one of the last questions that we have for you, something that we like to ask all of our first time guests here on the show, and it really centers around the idea that. Star Wars is a story of legacy. And yes, it's it's the legacy of the Skywalkers, but it's also every individual character has a legacy within the larger story. And similarly, I think everyone who is a creator, you know, of any form also has a legacy within Star Wars and within the fandom. For you in particular as one of those creators, what would you hope for your legacy to be? when you're done with star wars what what do you hope that people remember you in particularly for and and really associate with your work um wow that's that's a good question that i haven't really thought of in exactly that way before um well i guess this actually reveals to me my true answer to one of the questions you asked earlier because the first thing that's coming to mind is I hope that some of my original characters kind of have a life that goes on Mm -hmm. uh, through the franchise that some of them are picked up and show up in other things, which has happened to some degree Mm -hmm. uh, and which I love. And I, I guess that's the main thing that I would like some of those to be really remembered. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I I remember turning the page and finding Kasterfo's name in Rizzes and Reborn and being like, (gasps) Oh my gosh! Like it's it's book characters growing beyond their books, which I think is something yeah. that's still kind of new in the new canon. Or uh, yeah. or the Contessa, my favorite. the Contessa yeah. in, oh, uh, yeah. from a certain point of view, the Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite is uh, from Lost Stars. There's a character Yendor. Yes, and, and he also oh, appears oh. in in Bloodline, and yeah. that is my very good friend Rodney. Uh, yeah, backwards. Uh, oh, yeah. That's my <laughs> favorite thing people do in Star Wars. Is put, that that's my that's yeah. my bucket list item is Kyer Nesrelli yeah. or something gets put in a Star Wars book. That, <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. 
but Yendor has showed up in a couple of other books as well. Mm -hmm. And um, Rodney, I, I let him know. I was like, yeah, when I was able to say I was writing a Star Wars book, I was like, yeah, I've got you in there. I've got a cameo. I didn't reveal that like, oh no, it's a whole storyline with this mm -hmm. character who, whose speech patterns are very like Rodney's speech patterns, <laughs> cool. uh, awesome. et cetera. So he was going around. I've told the story before, but it's a good story. Yeah. Uh, he's been going around forever going, I'm Yendor, I'm Yendor of Ryloth, I'm Yendor. All the workers know this. Well, anyway, they went online one night, a couple of them without him, and to look up Yendor. Mm -hmm. And they found some fan art of Yendor. And it was, yes. of course, erotic fan art. Yes. Of, of course it was. Of course it was. Oh, they printed God. out a lot of copies of and like papered his cubicle with. So, <laughs> <laughs> for him to find morning. Oh, so, my God. Um, so that may oh, not fantastic. be the legacy I was thinking of, <laughs> but, but it is um, permanent. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's out there. It's out there. So, um, but yeah, I would like some of them to have a life in the greater galaxy. Well, but I can, I can certainly say that from the outside looking in with our, you know, we're just, a, you know, a couple of, a couple of dumb white dudes that like Star Wars. Right. <laughs> but like, like when the outside looking in as not being like really trained in literature, it seems like your characterizations seems to really what draws new people in and what brings us back. So I, it feels appropriate that you hope that that's your legacy. Maybe maybe we didn't even realize that's what it is, but you're sort of a superstar about characterizations. It seems like, Aww. and um, yeah. if I, I think I think I've seen people will read Lost Stars in our community and our Discord and on social media and. I think we must see once or twice a week that they hope Sienna Ree or Think Kyrell show up in a future production or a film or a mm -hmm. book or something. I just something about your characters you're just so good at at crafting these legacy like characters that almost lend themselves. It seems like it's impossible to me that that will not happen at some kind of large yeah, scale well, at some point. I've even pitched uh, stuff. I'd really love to do something with Nash Windrider, who oh yes, oh, son of all in a very interesting place at the end of Lost Stars. Yes. It does. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I would love to do that. But um, yeah. you know, from from your mouth to to God's ears, or right. yeah, ears, I suppose is the case yeah. may be. <laughs> it's it's well, so it's so funny now that we because Lost Stars was so early. It's so early in the publishing cycle of canon, and it's it's incredible to me that that book has had such a huge impact on on canon and has the ability. It fits in so nicely to all the existing story. Yeah. It really does have unlimited possibilities. So you maybe didn't intend to do that, seeing how it was so early <laughs> in the publishing cycle, but you know, I, I hope some other writers can help pick up that. Maybe you. I hope you get to like, do yeah, that, that in the future. Yeah, that yeah. would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Well, and as we, uh, as we wrap up here, I want to I wanna end on a on an admittedly very selfish, very sappy note, uh, by <laughs> by by thanking you uh, for Lost Stars specifically because that is the first canon book I read after not reading Star Wars book for ten years, and that's why I help run this company is because of that book singularly. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's the whole reason I'm here, and uh, it is is when I reread at least once a year. I I own. Uh, a few. I, I own less copies than I used to because I lend them out quite a bit. Um, but thank you for all your all your work in Star Wars. And it, anytime a Claudia Gray byline comes up, our our Discord, our Slack just lights up. Um, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Well, thank you guys seriously for passing on the love. I I truly do appreciate it. Well, I'm glad. And and for our, our last little bit of of love here, so people other people want to send some love. Uh, you said you're not on Twitter anymore, but where online can 
people uh, find you, find your work, and uh, is there anything other than Into the Dark that you can speak about coming up? I don't think, we're not going to push you, but just if you do, here's your, here's your moment. Nothing Star Wars-y, which I believe is all the living force is, is interesting. <laughs> But, That's okay. Uh, Other projects. People like your work regardless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, just last month uh, came out House of L. Uh, oh, yeah. Shadow Threat, which is my first graphic novel. Nice. Awesome. From time, it's the beginning of a trilogy. Um, I, cool. The book that I'm trying to turn in right now is my first murder mystery. Oh, um, interesting. I believe it's going to be t- called The Murder of Mr. Wickham sometime in oh, 2023, but we'll see. I remember reading that publishing announcement. That's involved with the Austin <clears throat> characters, right? Yeah, it's an Austin characters, Jane Christie scenario mashup, basically. Wow, that's wow. fantastic. Oh, my God. So, so many people are getting that for Christmas. Characters and worlds and running with them is yeah. <laughs> what I'm doing. Awesome. Uh, and I do expect to be working on some more High Republic stuff. But I can't say what yet. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Completely, completely understandable. Well, on behalf of uh, of all of us, all of us in our community, thank you one for giving up your your evening to, to chat with us. This was an absolute blast, and I hope that everyone is having a great time today. Picking up lost. Uh, wow, we said it so many times. Into the dark uh, today. Um, I guarantee some people are already finished with it. I'm, I'm I'm feeling like some Harry Potter midnight release vibes with this book. For some people, and hits their Kindle. <laughs> thanks again, and uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Claudia Gray, thanks for having me on Living Force. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force that's all for this week join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com until next time may the force be with you